Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center. We're in Random Lake, Wisconsin. I'm actually in Random Lake and not in Sherman Center this morning. Uh, it's a nice, brisk, cold morning. If you've got a cup of tea or a cup of joe, uh, now would be a good time to have a sip. All right. And uh, yes, it's October 16th, 2020. This is our congregation at prayer. Uh, I join you, or you join me, rather, every morning. And we read through the scripture and then have some conversation with it. All right. That is, I suppose we have conversation with Jesus. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Sarah Psalm for this week, Psalm 19, verse 1. Psalm verse, I should say, memory verse. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Psalm 19, verse 1. And now our psalm for the week. We had a psalm memory verse, now we have a full psalm. Psalm 93. The Lord reigns, he is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, he has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established, and it shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I see Don's in, in here with us. Um, we actually discussed this psalm last night for our devotion uh, before council meeting, and uh, noted that it is appointed for the feast day of the baptism of our Lord, which is uh, one of the high feasts of the season of Epiphany. It comes for us uh, a week after Epiphany, um, usually celebrated the Sunday... Well, no, it's on the octave, eight days later, right? And um, often gets transferred to Sunday. The baptism of our Lord, um, this psalm is appointed. And so you can see why, right? You have um, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all testified to in the waters of Christ's baptism. But we also have the floodwaters um, testifying to who he is and singing out as he is baptized in them, which is quite, quite incredible. All right. Our first reading today is continuation from Galatians now verse 11 of chapter 1. But I make known to you, O brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, 
that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ, but they were hearing only, quote, He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith, which he once tried to destroy, end quote, and they glorified God in me. All right, so we have um, Paul's account of his conversion uh, from his perspective, uh, rather than from St. Luke's perspective, as recorded in the book of Acts. And you put the two together, you get quite a full picture of what happened there. All right, and then we'll continue with our reading from Numbers. Uh, we're going to actually just read all the way from Numbers 23 through 24, verse 25, right? And, uh, but we won't have a lot of questions on it. Remember, this follows our reading yesterday, so this is the second part of the interaction of <laughs> the angel of the Lord uh, with Balaam, and of course with Balaam's donkey. Of course, Balak, if you remember yesterday, was the king that um, sent for Balaam. All right, and wanted Balaam to do his bidding, not the Lord's. Then Balaam said to Balak, Build seven altars for me here, and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams. So Balak did just as Balaam had spoken, and Balak and Balaam offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand by your burnt offering, and I will go. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me, I will tell you. So he went to a desolate height, and God met Balaam and said to him, and he said to him, I have prepared the seven altars, and I have offered on each altar a bull and a ram. Then the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. So he returned to him, and there he was, standing by his burnt offering. He and all the princes of Moab. And he took up his oracle and said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram, from the mountains of the east. Come, curse Jacob for me, and come, denounce Israel. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? For from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. There, a people dwelling alone, not reckoning itself among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob, or number one-fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, and let, me end, let my end be like his. Then Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and look, you have blessed them bountifully. So he answered and said, Must I not take heed to speak what the Lord has put in my mouth? Then Balak said to him, Please come with me to another place from which you may see them. You shall see only the outer part of them and shall not see them all. Curse them for me from there. So he brought him to the field of Zophim, to the top of Pisgah, and built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. And he said to Balak, Stand here by your burnt offering while I meet the Lord over there. Then the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth. And, he, and said, Go back to Balak, and thus you shall speak. So he came to him, and there he was, 
standing by his burnt offering, and the princes of Moab were with him. And Balak said to him, What has the Lord spoken? Then he said, or he took up his oracle and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear, listen to me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt. He has strength like a wild ox. For there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. It now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, Oh, what God has done! Look, a people rises like a lioness, and lifts itself like a lion. It shall not lie down until it devours its prey, and drinks the blood of the slain. Then Balak said to Balaam, Neither curse them at all, nor bless them at all. So Balaam answered and said to Balak, Did I not tell you, saying, All that the Lord speaks, that I must do? Then Balak said to Balaam, Please come, I will take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God that you may curse them for me from there. Third time here. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor, that overlooks the wasteland. Then Balaam said to Balak, Build for me here seven altars, and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams. And Balak did as Balaam had said, and offered a bull and a ram on every altar. Sound familiar? Yeah. Now, when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go, as at other times, third time's the charm here, to seek to use sorcery, but he set his face toward the wilderness. And Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel encamped according to their tribes. And the Spirit of God came upon him. Then he took up his oracle and said, The utterance of Balaam, the son of Beor, the utterance of the man whose eyes are opened, the utterance of him who hears the words of God, who sees the vision of the Almighty, who falls down with eyes wide open. How lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your dwellings, O Israel, like valleys that stretch out, like gardens by the riverside, like aloes planted by the Lord, like cedars besides the waters. He shall pour water from his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters. His king shall be higher than Agag, and the kingdom shall be exalted. God brings them out of Egypt. He has strength like a wild ox. He shall consume the nations, his enemies. He shall break their bones and pierce them with his arrows. He bows down, he lies down as a lion, and as a lion who shall rouse him. Blessed is he who blesses you, and cursed is he who curses you. Then Balak's anger was aroused against Balaam, and he struck his hands together. Clap. <laughs> and Balak said to Balaam, I called you to curse my enemies, and look, you have bountifully blessed them these three times. Now therefore flee to your place. I said I would greatly honor you, but in fact the Lord has kept you back from honor. So Balaam said to Balak, Did I not also speak to your messengers whom you sent me, saying, If Balak were to give me a house full, his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord, to do good or bad of my own will? What the Lord says, that I must speak? And now, indeed, I am going to my people. Come, I will advise you what his, this people will do to your people in the latter days. So again, he took up the oracle and said, 
the utterance of Balaam the son of Beor, and the utterance of the man whose eyes are opened, the utterance of him who hears the words of God and has the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty, who falls down with eyes wide open. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and batter the brow of Moab, and destroy all the sons of Tumult. And Edom shall be his possession. Seir also, his enemies, shall be a possession, while Israel does valiantly. Out of Jacob, one shall have dominion, and destroy the remains of the city. Then he looked on Amalek, and he took up his oracle and said, Amalek was first among the nations, but shall be last until he perishes. Then he looked on the Kenites, and he took up the oracle and said, Firm is your dwelling place, and your nest is set in the rock. Nevertheless, Cain shall be burned. How long shall, until Ashur carries you away captive? Then he took up his oracle and said, Alas, who shall live when God does this? But ships shall come from the coasts of Cyprus, and they shall afflict Ashur and afflict Eber, and so shall Amalek until he perishes. So Balaam rose and departed and returned to his place. Balak also went his way. There ends the reading. New, or Old King James says in verse 22, so I assume of the previous chapter, unicorn, God, oh, he has strength like a wild ox. Yeah, um, it is, it is, I've never, I've never actually done the etymology to find out um, what uh, happened there uh, in the King James, you know, um, was it one of the previous translations that chose unicorn, uh, mythological beast? Um, but the wild ox, I mean, maybe it's a, you could say the wild, or the rhino, right? Yeah. I don't think rhinoceroses have ever been domesticated. <laughs> like an ox. Maybe they know of those. All right. So um, we have three times. Um, the uh, Balak building altar, seven altars with a bull and a ram on each. How many oracles total, though, did we hear? We had the, the three oracles um, with the altars, right? But then there's actually a fourth oracle um, after that third time, which is here, I believe. Yeah. Uh, nope, here's the third time. Chapter 24, right. Um, this is the, the fourth oracle. And that oracle is not over the altars with the bull and the ram, but rather over the people of Israel. Ultimately, did Balaam curse Israel as Balak demanded, or rather bless them? Yeah, he blessed them, right? Um, of course, Balak's reaction is, <laughs> uh, Balak is not very happy. We see that here in verse 10 of chapter 24, right? Balak's anger was aroused against Balaam. Uh, and he struck his hands together, which I guess is like, a, oh, that reminds me of the king and I, right? That's probably some kind of Arabic thing. Uh, but what did Balaam emphasize? We see this in verse 12, and again in verse 26, same thing that we had at the beginning, back in uh, chapter 22 yesterday. Uh, let's see, right here, yeah. Did I not also speak to your messengers whom you sent to me saying, if Balak were to give me a house full of silver and gold, remember that from yesterday? I, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord to do good or bad of my own will. Yeah. 
it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, we see the same thing again in twenty six, of of the of chapter twenty three. Yeah, here it is. Did I not tell you, saying all that the Lord speaks, I must do? Actually, back here too. Must I take heed to speak what the Lord has put in my mouth? Um, I've I've been uh, in my pastoral co- uh, care and counseling for folks. I've had uh, occasion um, where it was clear that the person who was uh, having conversation with me wanted me to say something in particular, um, but it wasn't the thing I was saying. And uh, it's a it's kind of an interesting diagnostic, and it's really uh, something probably um, you do as parents as well. Is that the, the child is making demands, and ultimately you 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 know if they're just kicking and screaming, they're emotional. We say, well, what is it that I can do for you? What is it that you would like from me? Right, and then as a pastor and really as a parent, you say, is that something that I'm willing to do or able to do for you? You know, like I'd be like the child kicking and screaming and demanding a you know a horse, you know, a pony. I want a pony. Right, I I can't deliver a pony to you here. You know, so your demand's outrageous. And it's the same thing with Balak, right? He's making a demand that Balaam literally cannot do. He can only do what the Lord has put in his mouth. And we talked about yesterday, he can only repeat the blessing upon um, Israel because it's the, the word that the Lord had spoken uh, to Abraham before. All right, so why was ba- Balak so angry? What do we find out here? Yeah, again, he had called him to curse his enemies. But instead, he's blessed him three times. Uh, be careful what you ask for, right? And what was Balaam's response? Again, I can only speak what the Lord says. All right, so the fourth oracle here starts here in verse 15, right? Uh, now, this oracle might even sound familiar to you, doesn't it? Didn't think this story would uh, be familiar, right? Talking donkey and whatnot. Part of the Bible we just skip over? Mm, not necessarily. Um, what's the significance of the number four? Four is associated with um, the gospel. Three days is uh, associated with uh, Christ's death, but the but four is gospel. There's four gospels, of course. That's not coincidental. Um, but we also hear so we have four evangelists. We have um, the gospel being sent um, throughout all the earth, which is understood as at the time of Jesus as having four corners. <laughs> we still use that expression. Um, but uh, we could use it in this way, that there's the four cardinal directions, right? North, south, east, west. All right. Um, so it's the number of the gospel, right? That it goes to the whole earth. What in particular is being prophesied? You hear it right here in verse 17. I see him now, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. Right? We've heard this before. Who quotes it? Which gospel? That's a hint. Yeah, Matthew 2. For some reason, I have a tune attached to it. I think it must be Handel. It must be Messiah. Um, here's how it's recorded in Matthew 2. And now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Herod the king, uh-huh, see it? Okay, good. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, all the elders of Moab, sound familiar? Yeah. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born, and they said in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written in the prof- by the prophet. Uh, but you, 
Excuse me. I gotta get back to it here. I pushed a button that I shouldn't have. Uh, Matthew 2. Yeah, here we go. But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Okay, now that's quoting uh, Micah chapter 5, I believe, right? Yeah. But also Genesis 49. Then Herod, uh, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search dilig- or carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. You see, so that the king here has the same kind of deceit. He doesn't want to bless the child. He wants to curse him. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star that they had seen in the east went before them till it came to and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. When they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Yeah, so um, we have a foreign king, right? An unbelieving king. Here, Herod instead of uh, Balak, right? And then uh, we have Balaam, um, who we actually don't know much about, but except for that he's a non-Israelite and yet functions or serves um, in this story as a prophet. Uh, we don't even know who Baor is, right? Um, but here, um, he gives pos- he speaks the truth, he speaks blessing. And he speaks even a prophetic word of Jesus um, upon Israel. Uh, at first, though, he refused to speak, right? But then he follows um, and does what the Lord had done, right? As the angel of the Lord appears to him. There's a pretty, pretty incredible story, right? Um, and there's a number of prophecies that we've heard. Um, four oracles today. We heard actually three blessings yesterday. Then there's all sorts of conversation um, about this character um, that you can find um, in the New Testament. He's actually referred to um, as, as kind of a false prophet in Second uh, Peter, which is interesting, um, but we won't go there today. Um, but I do think we see, like, um, like the Magi from the East, so also um, Balaam speaks the, the word of truth, even though they are uh, diviners and magicians and um, are the kind of the least the people you'd least expect to be used by God to declare the truth. So this is where they get the vision. By the way, this is the star that rises in the east. So um, we've talked about this. I think, uh, or I've talked about it with you in a number of contexts, Bible study. But um, how is it that the Magi know to follow the star? It's from this text. Why did they have this text? Because God, in His um, in His wisdom, really delivered the both the northern and southern tribes into exile, especially the southern tribe into exile in Babylon, right? And these magi came from the east, from Babylon, with the oracle. So uh, uh, the Torah, that is this book, but Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the books of Moses, um, were known to them, being scholars of the holy books in Babylon. Hmm. Uh, when it concludes, where does Balaam go? Huh, home. I'm surprised he didn't lose his head, but there you go. Um, Balak had some mercy on him. So all of this story, yesterday and today, this is all happening 
in the midst of Israel being camped and um, the king of Moab, Balak, refusing to let um, Israel go through. So you've got, um, you know, this happens in uh, film and in television sometimes, right? Where you, uh, you jump away from the main story and you, you get a side story that provides another perspective to the main story, but from other, you know, tangential characters that help you have some insight on what's happening in the main story. So here you are. And of course, we'll return to that um, as we hear more about Peor tomorrow. All right. Uh, actually, it would be on Monday. Excuse me. Tomorrow we review our readings for Sunday. Here's a meditation on uh, yesterday and today's text. The Lord is faithful to his promise to Abraham that he will bless those who bless him and curse those who curse him. Even Balaam must confess that the word of the Lord stands forever. Balaam could not see the angel of the Lord because he would not hear God's word and hold fast to it. The lowly donkey reminds us of the church that is called to follow Christ and his word blindly. We are to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the incarnate angel of the Lord, and disregard those false prophets who would try to drive us away from the narrow path that leads us to Christ. Through the Holy Spirit's preaching of the gospel, we see Christ even though he is not physically present among us. We behold the star who shines forth from the altar in his body and blood to offer us forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. In him, the forehead of Satan is crushed and the skull of our enemy, death, lies shattered. I love that line. The lowly donkey reminds us of the church that is called to follow Christ in his word, quote-unquote, blindly. So true. Not by sight, but by faith. All right, we confess our catechism for this week. First article, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason, and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. We pray. Heavenly Father, you are God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the creator and sustainer of all things. We give thanks to you that you have made us and all creatures, that you have given us our bodies and souls, eyes, ears, and all our members, our reason, and all our senses, and that you still take care of them. You also give us clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, spouse and children, land, animals, and all we have. You richly and daily provide us with all that we need to support this body and life. You defend us against all danger and guard and protect us from all evil. All this you do for us out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in us. Grant us, through the grace of your only begotten Son, to believe that this is most certainly true, and to ever thank and praise, serve and obey you, as long as we live. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray today for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted, for the sick and dying, for our first responders, doctors, nurses, and all who work in nursing homes and hospitals, for an end to all fear, anxious thoughts, and constant worry. For deliverance from pestilence, sedition, and rebellion. For our military and law enforcement personnel. 
And Thanksgiving for those who today celebrate their birthday, Nicole and Jackie. Those who celebrate their baptism today, Paul. For Grant, who made the good confession of faith this past Sunday. And for the gift of a granddaughter to Don and Karen, Hannah Claire Pfeiffer. We ask the Lord grant his healing, his mercy, his comfort uh, to those who are ill or recovering, especially Marcella, Jan, Kelsey, Pastor Fritch, Marlene, Brad, Janet, and Timothy, Pastor Lindau, Sandy, Linda, Joan, and Ken, Aaron, Roger, Steve, Jean, and also Sam Rush, who had surgery yesterday. Pray for those who are homebound, Bev, David, Willis and Janice, and Mickey. And we pray for all the missions and mercy work of our church, especially for the Federitz family and the South Wisconsin District Disaster Relief. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray the collect for this week. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn. Triune God, be thou our stay, or let us perish never. Cleanse us from our sins, we pray, and grant us life forever. Keep us from the evil one, uphold our faith most holy, and let us trust thee so holy with humble hearts and holy. Let us put God's armor on with all true Christians running our heavenly race and shining the devil's one.
and calling. Amen, amen, this be done. So sing we hallelujah. All right. That concludes our congregation at prayer for today, October 16th, 2020. So glad to have you with us all. Uh, I see Michael responded to Sunday's Bible class question. I asked the origin of red herring. <laughs> A dried smoked herring which turned red by smoke. Okay, that's good. Um, but then this whole extended thing. Something especially a clue. I think I referred to Agatha Christie, right? Yeah. Um, that is or is intended to be misleading or distracting. Quote, the book is fast-paced, exciting, and full of red herrings. It sends you on, uh, um, what do you say, it? on uh, goose chases, right? Similar, bluff, blind, ruse, faint, deception, subterfuge, hoax, trick, plot, ploy, while, sham, pretense, artifice, cover, Smokestring, distraction, expedient, <laughs> contrivance, machination, dodge, put on, put up, job. A fallacy argument that distracts from the original topic. Um, yeah, so you want an example of this? All right, you ready? Um, so this connects to last Sunday's Bible study um, about red herrings. I don't remember what the context was, um, but here's one. So uh, um, the internet, it's all abuzz today, asking questions about um, the uh, provenance of this laptop that was discovered. Um, by a repairman in his Delaware shop, not discovered, but uh, revealed and uh, given over to the FBI only before he made a copy of it, probably for his own protection, but who knows. And uh, so there's all these questions about where the laptop come from and why is there so many questions about where the laptop came from? To distract you from the content that's on the laptop, right? Or on the drive, the laptop that's in the possession of Rudy Giuliani, right? So that's a red herring to send you down goose chases that actually don't matter all that much. Why can I say that? Well, what happened recently? Uh, I'll give you an example. The mysterious release of President Donald Trump's tax returns, an illegal um, thing. You, I mean, you can't reveal any, anybody else's tax returns. He could reveal them if he wanted to, but he doesn't. Okay, fair enough. Um, is he required to by law? Nope. But Everything was about the content of the tax returns. But then that was also served as a red herring, right? To see, send you down a goose chase to, because it actually, personal tax return doesn't really reveal the, um, uh, the extent of uh, President Trump's financial holdings, which are largely international, actually. <laughs> and his, state, or his taxes uh, domestically are offset by his international taxes, uh, which is the way our tax code's written, especially with real estate. But neither here nor there. I mean, he's worth probably, I don't know, three and a half billion dollars or something. Nobody's surprised that, that he knows how to get around tax thing, uh, loopholes. But it's all a red herring to actually say, well, how did the, I think that was the New York Times, um, actually discover this information? Where did they get it? Well, anonymous sources, right? So I love that. Um, we're <laughs> the way that the media in particular um, and our political leaders send us down these goose chases and we fail to actually just do both things. We should actually if we're going to, our journalists should do, I should say, uh, both um, question the veracity or the authenticity of the source, right? Um, is this a laptop that was actually owned by Hunter Biden, for example? Or is it this elaborate hoax that uh, um, Russian agents have created? Well, I don't know. We'll find out, right? We need to ask that question. We also need to ask, okay, the content largely is verified from other sources, not much of it, and this is just further confirmation. Um, we actually need to deal with the content as well. 
Same thing with uh, President Trump's um, economic holdings, right? I think <laughs> the bigger story is to ask how are all of our recent presidents um, graduating, if you like, from being president much, much more wealthy than they were when they started, with, with almost no exception. They come out being multi, multi, multi millionaires, if not billionaires. How does that happen? It's not just book deals. All right. So, yeah, we're not really. This is the problem with media. There's a lot of, um, well, I think they just think we're, we're, we're too stupid to figure these things out. So uh, put, on your, put on your thinking caps when you read and uh, don't allow the red herrings to send you down goose chases that distract you from the main content, in this case with this laptop, um, or from the provenance. Well, how did the New York Times receive this information? Um, because that actually matters. You know, whether or not it's true actually is connected to its origin. So both questions are important. Don't uh, distract from one in order to ignore the other. But so it goes. So it is. And it's tis the season of political... Uh, it's not even mudslinging. I don't know what it is. I guess it's... Uh, what did I call it the other night in Bible class? Oh, yeah. It's like uh, they're lobbing grenades or missiles at each other. <laughs> so, so it goes. All right. Join us tomorrow morning. We'll have Congregation of Prayer again. And uh, hopefully less political talk. Um, I don't want to curse you with that. I'd rather bless you with God's word. Ha <laughs> ha. See? And uh, we'll consider Sunday's uh, epistle and gospel reading. All right. So first thing in the morning. Have a blessed day.